We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Oh, man. Welcome back to another audio adventure on Insight. I'm CBV Chris Van Vliet. Thank you so much for being with us on another Ask CBV episode. And I know that if you're listening to an Ask CBV episode, that means that you're a real one. That means you're with us on every episode. So I appreciate you being on this journey with us. And thank you for all of the questions, a lot of questions that you guys submitted using that hashtag AskCVV on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And I'm going to get to as many of them as I can here. But first, I'm guessing since you're listening to this and since you listen to all 456 episodes that we've had, I'm guessing that you subscribe to the show. But if not, please click subscribe or follow wherever you're listening to this. It seriously helps the show so much. And if you're not already following me on social media, please be awesome if you could join me on all of the social medias and all of the YouTubes, uh, two YouTube channels, right? The main one, Chris Van Vliet, and then the CVV Clips channel. Before we dive into this today, a big shout out to UTJeff316, who left this review on Apple Podcasts. It says, best in the business. Chris Van Vliet has one of the best podcasts out there and is one of the best in the business. He always has great guests and he asks relevant questions and all the important questions. He just does amazing work. So thank you, UTJeff316. I appreciate that. And I will continue to read one review on every single episode is my way to say, hey, I appreciate you. And in fact, if you're in Los Angeles this week for WrestleMania week, I will see you either perhaps at the stadium, although there's going to be a lot of people there. It's possible that we could run into each other. But I'll also be at WrestleCon this weekend, both Saturday and Sunday. Tickets are still available at WrestleCon.com. So stop by and see me and the absolutely stacked card of people that they have there. So it would be awesome to see you there at WrestleCon. Say hello, chat a little bit of wrestling, snap a photo. Let's do it up. So, okay. Thank you for all of these questions at AskCVV, hashtag AskCVV. We'll dive into it with this one from Daniel Donovan, at LoneWolfDD01 on Twitter. He says, what's been your favorite interview so far this year? And it's we're only like three months into this, right? So I guess that's a quarter of the way through the year. But my favorite so far has got to be The Undertaker. That's an interview that I knew might be possible, but I was like, man, when is this interview ever going to happen? 
And if you checked it out, I, I hope that you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. They told me it was going to be about 15 minutes. We ended up going a little longer than 20 minutes. And what a down-to-earth guy Mark Calloway is. And so great to just hear him telling stories about the legacy that he left. I mean, he is truly one of the greatest of all time. And to be able to sit down and share a bit of a conversation with him was so cool. So that for sure is the favorite episode of the year so far. So if you haven't checked that one out, it is available. It's just a few episodes ago, so you can go see that. Let me pull up the episode number here. And then you can be like, oh, yeah, CBV, I'll go check that out right now. So if <laughs> you can hear me typing into my computer right now. It is episode number 452. So it's just one, two, three, four episodes ago. You can go check that one out. So thank you so much for that question. This one is from Jason Fields, jfields85 on Twitter. Been thinking about this for a very long time. Have you ever interviewed a wrestler or a celebrity who was way, way late for the interview or who just didn't show up but was scheduled to show up? Yes. <laughs> and I think that when you do, I think last year we had like 120 episodes, you know, some stuff's going to fall through the cracks. But there was one this year, and I'm not going to name any names, but there was one this year where we set it up and we were going to do this in person in LA. We set this one up. We agreed on the day. We agreed on the time. I, I gave them the directions, the instructions, everything. And I got to the studio, you know, like 15 minutes early, we're getting all set up. And I just messaged them and said, Hey, let me know when you're on the way. And usually that gets a, you know, response just a few minutes later, or like, of like, Oh, I'm on the way. See you in five or, Hey, I'm running a little bit late, but I'll see you in 15, 20, whatever it happens to be. I messaged them and I didn't hear anything back. And I went, Oh, this isn't good. <laughs> and I looked at my audio engineer and I said, this isn't, this isn't good. So the interview was scheduled for, I think it was like one o'clock and I'm, it was like one o five, and I'm like, I still haven't heard from them. And then it turned into one ten, and then it turned into one fifteen, then it turned into one twenty, and I'm standing outside the building, like looking around. I'm like, maybe they're lost, like, and, and they're just not responding to me, but I don't know what's going on. And I finally turned to him, the audio engineer, and I said, I, I don't think this one's happening. I just, I. I've got a bad feeling about this. I feel like I would have heard back from them in some sort of way. And then finally, after like 45 minutes, they were like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was double scheduled during this time and it just, it didn't happen. Let's reschedule for another time. But, and that's okay. Like stuff comes up. It was just so strange <laughs> that we had this scheduled and locked in and it didn't end up happening. It still hasn't happened. We haven't rescheduled them. So don't, don't go like looking through the previous episodes, trying to figure out who it was. I will tell you right now, the episode has not been rescheduled yet. And when it does get rescheduled, perhaps we'll make a joke about this and you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. But yeah, that was one. And another one, actually not that long ago either, where this one was going to be over Zoom. And I sent them the Zoom link. I was dealing with like their people. I wasn't dealing directly with the, the person. I was dealing with their people who scheduled this. They gave me the date. They gave me the time. I said, yep, that works. Let's do it. I sent them the Zoom link and I thought we were good to go. And I logged into the Zoom room a little bit early. And I think this is the thing, especially with the, the Zoom interviews. If a Zoom interview is scheduled for like, let's call it 10, and that person's not there and hasn't messaged you by like 
10.05, it's not looking good. <laughs> so it was like, it was 10.05 and I messaged them and I was like, hey, uh, yeah, I, I'm in the Zoom room, ready when you are. And there was no response. And then I got an email from their people and they said, hey, can you give us a quick call? <laughs> so I was like, this isn't going to be good. So I called and they said, oh, we are so sorry. This we scheduled this with you, but it didn't get put onto their calendars. So we're, we're so, so sorry. Let's reschedule it. So we ended up rescheduling that. You'll end up seeing it at some time in the next few months. But all of this is to say <laughs> that this is the communications business. And I think the most important part about this is not just the communication that happens when the camera is turned on or when the microphone is turned on. It's all of the communication that happens before and afterwards, too. And it's just so funny how, you know, I get it. Some things slip through the cracks and it sucks, but that's just the way it goes. So if you have a podcast or you have a YouTube channel or you're doing any sort of interviews, you know what I'm talking about. And you just can't take it personally. And that's the biggest thing I've realized. None of this is personal at all. It just, it just happens. It just happens. <laughs> Here's a question from Nick Zablowski. You are a seemingly genuinely positive person most of the time which is really refreshing, by the way. Out of curiosity, what is something that someone does or says that immediately annoys you or upsets you? That's, that is such an interesting question about pet peeves. And <laughs> I travel a bunch, right? And this is so silly and it's so petty. But my biggest pet peeve is people in airports who like have no sense of the space around them. So here's what I'm talking about. Everybody's kind of walking at like a similar pace. And this is the same thing, you know, when you're, when you're going any, a train station would be a similar thing too. So in the airport, you know, you're going from point A to point B. And it's fascinating that when you're keeping up with the pace in, of, of the person walking in front of you and they'll just stop dead in their tracks, they'll just stop. And you have to do everything in your power to not crash into them with your suitcase. And it's just amazing to me how someone can be so unaware of their surroundings. If you, if you got to stop to, you know, check the signage or you want to stop to go, oh, does that store serve Fiji water, have Fiji water? Or, oh my gosh, are those Skittles there? Like, I think you need to like, kind of like you're on a highway, you got to like pull over to the side and look. Like, it's just amazing to me. Next time you're in an airport, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about if you aren't already with me on this ride here. But it's this idea of like, walk, 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 and then they just stop. And then you're like, whoa, oh my gosh. So that's it. It's so small. It's so petty. <laughs> and I think, you know, kind of tying into the last thing that we talked about, just lack of communication in general, not just talking professionally, but personally too. Like when, when, some, when you ask someone a question, I think that, you know, response is... Uh, like when you're talking to a friend, a family member, someone you like have an ongoing relationship with and uh, you, you send them a message and they don't respond. I get that people get busy, but I think that that's a, another one for me is just like, oh man, come on. Like we were, t we were going back and forth. We were ping ponging with these messages. And then you're like, hey, so uh, whatever the question happens to be. And then there's no response. And then, you know, you follow up a few days later and then they go, oh my gosh, I can't believe I missed this. I'm so sorry. So I think that that's, that's it for me. I know that's, I know the airport one's so silly. <laughs> if you ever see me in an airport, 
You'll know. I mean, it doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen at every airport trip. But when it does, it's like, I just kind of wish that, uh, I just kind of wish you knew, you knew there were, you know, dozens of other people walking behind you. Socky the Sock Puppet on Twitter, at Platinum Socky says, the most funniest interview you've ever done. Wow. I'll give you two. I'll give you two. And they're just hilariously funny people. One is Will Ferrell, who is just a naturally hilarious person. And the way that he says things and his delivery, it's so funny. I've, I've had the good fortune of interviewing him a few times. And it's just something you always look forward to because, I mean, you want to talk about someone who's always positive. Jeez, he's great. And he's just, uh, yeah, really naturally funny. And the second one is Kevin Hart. And he like brings it every single time you talk to him. I think I've talked to Kevin Hart. I think I've interviewed him like seven or eight times. In fact, <laughs> there was a point when I was living in Miami and working for the Fox station in Miami where he had just so many movies come out, coming out. It was back to back to back to back. And there was a point when I interviewed him for like the fourth time in six months or something like that. And I said, this is going to sound crazy, but I've actually seen you more than I've seen my family over the last six months. And it was true. I hadn't seen my, I think I had seen my family like once and I had seen him like on four different occasions. And he's like, well, I guess that, I guess that makes us family. So those two people just effortless, effortlessly funny. And I feel like they're the type of people that were put on this earth to do what they're doing and they are living in their passion. And you just love to see that. Yeah, just love to see it. All right. Oh my gosh, I thought I'd I thought I'd say, oh, here we go. Mika Brown, 225. This is on Instagram. What do you do when you have trouble sleeping? Well, first of all, I love sleep. Like so much. And I think that that old thing of like the old mantra of like, oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I think that we're starting to realize now, like this generation is starting to realize now that no, like sleep is so important for like rest, you know, restoring your body and like being at your peak. So I'm a big fan of sleep. And, but I know that sometimes your mind just races and you lay down and that's like when all those thoughts enter your head. So for me, I try my best to just like think of like nothing. Like, and I, and I, I physically like picture it in my mind of like, I am looking at a black space. I've actually closed my eyes right now as I'm saying this. I'm like just looking at a black space. And my focus then becomes on like just looking and thinking about just darkness and nothingness and really focusing on my breathing in through my nose and also out through my nose. And that's been it for me. And it's, it's, it's been difficult because my wife is uh, almost eight months pregnant right now and our babies do very soon as I'm recording this due in May. And she's obviously for, you know, very obvious reasons having trouble sleeping right now. So me talking about how much I love sleep and here's what I do to get us fall asleep <laughs> makes me feel bad because she's got a baby kicking her at all hours of the night and pushing on her bladder and making her go to the bathroom. So I, I get, I get that that's not... <laughs> Yeah, that that's not a, 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 you know, there's a real dichotomy there between the two, but that's it for me. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com I have a wrestling question here from Colin McGuire at real Colin Mac on Twitter. Where do you stand on cinematic matches? It still feels like it could be spun off into something original to me, especially given the number of sci-fi crossovers. Really great question. And I think that cinematic matches serve an amazing place and time. And I think for a lot of us, that will be those will be some of the best matches that we'll remember from what I'll call the pandemic era of wrestling. And I think that the matches that we saw before and the matches that we may see after are matches that are going to serve a real specific purpose. Like when Matt Hardy did the ultimate deletion, it made a lot of sense. You know, like that was kind of the the world that he lived in or, or Bray Wyatt doing something like that. That was the world that he lived in. And it made sense for that match to happen. And I think that when there were arenas that had, you know, they were, they were having, they had WrestleMania with no crowd and they were doing all those shows with no crowd or Thunderdome was a, a really great way to kind of like make the best of a bad situation, but nothing, nothing is better than having a live crowd at a wrestling show. So I think that they were really good at during that time going, man, if we can't have a live show, let's do the best that we can with what's in front of us. So I think that they were a great thing in 2020 and into 2021. And I think that if we're going to see another one beyond that, it just has to make sense. Like it just can't be two people for the sake of having a cinematic match doing it. And I, I also think that if you were to have a, you know, if this was a pay-per-view match, I'm sorry, a premium live event match, it wouldn't make sense to, you know, have, have a match in person 
and then basically beat every like tell everyone like we want to draw your attention now to the jumbotron to the titantron to watch a match it just wouldn't make a lot of sense to have an arena full of 15,000 20,000 maybe if it's a wrestlemania 80,000 people just watching a screen for 15 20 minutes so i think that was very much a product of that era and did a really good job like the boneyard match so so good and it also allowed undertaker to do some things that maybe he wasn't able to do in front of a live crowd so if i to answer your question where do i stand on them i like them i just think that they they serve a certain purpose and a certain time kevin at cap underscore pineapple one on twitter says can you describe the feeling of having your own action figure this is pretty cool this was pretty cool. If you uh, follow me on Instagram or you follow me on Twitter, Rush Collectibles announced that I have a figure coming out later this year. And it's so cool. It's like me wearing a suit. I've got a microphone there. And it's real, oh, man, I, it's hard to describe the feeling because I grew up collecting action figures. I was a big Triple H fan and, of course, a rock fan. I had their action figures. So, to be able to have one of my own is uh, it's pretty cool. So you can see the the prototype right now. It's unpainted, but we're working on it. You can see that on my Instagram. And once I have all of the details, I will get them to you as soon as I I get them uh, on on how you can buy them. We're going to do I think two editions. We're going to do just like buy the action figure in the very cool packaging that we've been working on. And then we're also going to have one that's an autographed version of that. So two different versions. And as soon as I get the details, you'll be hearing about it here and, of course, on all social media. So, yeah, uh, really, really cool. Like, su super cool to have that, you know, be, be a thing. At Jake Wright? Wrightnor? Wrightnor, I'm guessing. This is on Twitter. Jake underscore Wrightnor. What's the first match you'll show your child? Oh my gosh. And at what age will I show my child this match? That's another question too. So our baby girl will be with us in less than two months. It's coming up real quick. I don't know. I think that my favorite match of all time has got to be a match that I show someone or show my daughter. Rock versus Hogan. WrestleMania 18, just because that crowd tells the whole story. It's the, the way that the crowd gets into it. And look, if you've listened to the show for a long time, this should come as no surprise to you <laughs> how much I love that match and just the, I love the storytelling in that match. So that, that's got to be up there. And I think that if, if I were to show my daughter or just a non-wrestling fan a match to say, look how good these wrestlers are, like look at how good the athleticism is, look how good the storytelling is, I would show them my second favorite match or I guess my favorite like in-ring like wrestling like I mean, if we're talking in terms of like athleticism it's the tna match with christopher daniels aj styles and samoa joe and that match is just oh, it's so so good and I, I i always go back to that one too just because the athleticism in that match is crazy it's the epitome of what tna was all about that match is so so great this one's from eric Tebow Tebow at Eric Tebow. I noticed the Batista interview. Your time is cut, but Batista asked for one more question. Do you know how much time you're allowed during celebrity and movie interviews? And how do you deal with a celebrity that is either unresponsive or disinterested in your time? 
So yeah, that was a really cool one. If you want to check that out, it's on my YouTube channel. It's from when Dave Bautista was in the James Bond movie, Spectre. And I went to ask him a question and I knew that I was being wrapped up, but I just wanted to squeeze in a wrestling question. And he said to the person who was doing the timing in the room, like, oh no, it's okay. Let's, uh, let's do one more question. And it was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much, Dave. Like, I appreciate that. So yeah, you do usually know how much time you're going to have. And for those celebrity junket interviews, as they call them, you're usually given four to five minutes. And not only do you know how much time you have when you're walking into it, there's someone that's standing right by the camera that's over the shoulder of the celebrity, and they're giving you time cues. So the interview starts, you know, you do your thing. So there's a camera over their shoulder and a camera over my shoulder. And you'll see someone, they have cards. And they will hold up a card for two minutes left. They'll hold up a card for one minute left. And then they'll start doing the rap sign, you know, like the, the wave in the finger, the rap sign. So yes, you walk into it knowing exactly how much time you're, you're going to have. So if it's a four-minute interview, I would usually prepare four to five questions and you know, hope, if the conversation goes well, that you can get to all of them. But that's also not to say that like if, if something that you ask springs off into another conversation, that you can't follow it down that path. So that's just always something you got to keep in mind. So it's an actual like true conversation. And how do you deal with a celebrity that's either unresponsive or disinterested in your time? I think the thing is, you just got to try to build rapport from the second that you walk in the room. And I think that a big mistake that a lot of interviewers make when they're just getting started is they think that the interview begins the second that they say, okay, we're rolling, or the, you know, the second that red light turns on, or the, the second that you hit record on your um, recorder, the audio recorder. The interview really begins... The, the second that you walk into that room or the second that Zoom window pops up if it happens to be a virtual interview. And I think it's important to set the tone, set the mood, try to build rapport as much as you can, attempt to find some sort of common ground. My friend Kevin McCarthy, who is blowing up right now on TikTok, give him a follow if you have TikTok. He's at Kevin McCarthy TV. He's so good at talking to actors or directors and like his enthusiasm for film is just off the charts. And I love the way that he will talk to a director about their use of a certain lens or they'll, he'll talk about how much he loved the score in a movie or like the cinematographer doing something. And I think that that brings the person that he's talking to, uh, it brings a connection in a different way. So, you know, obviously, you know, the same thing's not going to work for different people. But if you could find something, find some sort of way to just win them over a little bit, that's how I find the conversation will flow that much better. So that's what I always attempt to do. Man, there's so many questions here. This is great. Okay. We've got a few more here. And I appreciate you, everyone, jumping on here and listening to this. And if you have questions for the April edition of Ask CVV, Drop them in with the hashtag at, geez, the hashtag at, it's, <laughs> drop them with the hashtag, hashtag AskCVV, and we'll do that for AskCVV number five. This one comes from Rich Graham, who, Rich is a good buddy of mine. Love you, Rich. He's at Barbecue Rich. He lived on my floor when we were in a dorm together in college, Wilfrid Laurier University, Waterloo, Ontario. Wilson 2A North, that's, that was the name of our uh, floor. 
He says top three airports. Oh, probably should have thought about this before I answered this question. Man, top three airports. I can give you the, I can give you a few of my least favorite airports, and we'll start with Atlanta. It's nothing against the city of Atlanta, but everything's so far away there and very rarely running on time. So Atlanta's a tough one. And like there's there's nothing that's more frustrating to me than having to take a train to get to another terminal. And that's Atlanta. That's also Dallas, where it's like you land on one side of the airport and you're like, oh, sure, I'll just walk there. And you're like, oh, I can't. I can't actually walk there. Even if I wanted to walk there, I have to take a train there. So that's always a frustrating one. Toronto is a favorite airport of mine for obvious reasons. That was That's my hometown. That was the airport that I flew out of as a kid and as a teenager and in my 20s. And when I go back, like I did this past weekend, I was at the Awesome Toy Show in Mississauga, Ontario, and had such a great time there, hanging out with everybody at the show and just you know, just such a great, oh, so much fun. Can't wait to go back there for another awesome toy show. But there's just something cool about especially going back home after being away for a few months or in the case of 2020 into 2021, I hadn't flown back in like a year and a half just because of all the silly travel restrictions that were going on at that time. And there's something great about going back and seeing the Canadian flag for the first time that's just so exciting. So top three airports, I don't know. I'll give you my, my, my favorite and my least favorite right there. And then Rich also said War Games, Elimination Chamber, or Hell in a Cell. And I think for that, boy, I like them all for different reasons and I dislike them all for different reasons. So my favorite there is War Games. Just because of how unique the setup is, and how many different possibilities there are. So I, I go, I'm gonna go war games. Helena Cell out of out of those three is actually gonna be my least favorite. Uh, I guess it's my I don't know. I, it's my least favorite pay-per-view, or at least one of my least favorite pay-per-views. I don't like the fact that there's a Helena Cell match just because the pay-per-view or premium live event is called Helena Cell. Like I like when it serves a purpose, like when it's WrestleMania, Finn Balor and Edge. Like I love that it's like this has gotten so out of hand that a regular match can't contain this. We've got to put it inside Hell in a Cell. So uh, just having a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, it's like, hey, let's throw these two people in uh, Hell in a Cell and see what happens. I've never been a fan of that. I like I like storytelling a lot. So yeah, and I think Elimination Chamber is really interesting. I prefer the old setup of Elimination Chamber, and you know what I'm talking about here. So there we go, Rich, and congratulations on your new job, buddy. Well, that's it. Those are, yeah, that is all the questions we have. So use that hashtag AskCBV and we will do this again in April for AskCBV number five. And I will see you guys this weekend at WrestleCon in Los Angeles and I'll see you at SoFi Stadium. I can't wait. It's This is the most exciting time to be a wrestling fan. Like whether you're a WWE fan, an AEW fan, Ring of Honor, New Japan, whatever it happens to be, this week everybody who's ever done anything in wrestling all converge together in one city. This year, it happens to be Los Angeles. And it's just so cool being surrounded by so many like-minded people all at once. This is our Oscars. This is our Super Bowl. This is our Grammys. And this is awesome. I'll leave you with a quote from Zig Ziglar. It's about motivation. You know, I like some motivation in my life. 
He says, people often say that motivation doesn't last. Well, neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it daily. So good. Be great. Be grateful. Have an amazing weekend. We will see you on the next one for some more insight.